Welcome to Pharmacy View, technology and pharmacy business podcast series, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In each podcast, we look to discuss aspects of pharmacy operation and how technology is improving or interacting with each guest's current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and today's guest is sponsored by Shopfront Solutions, leading the way in digital marketing and communications providing a cloud-based platform for pharmacies to manage all of their digital messaging and print-based collateral. For more information on the Shopfront Solutions digital platform, simply go to the website at shopfrontsolutions.com.au. My guest today is pharmacist Anna Barwick, the 2022 New South Wales Premier's Woman of the Year, also the founder of farmonline.au. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And I'm very appreciative of the referral through this network, getting some great guests on board and really looking forward to the chat today because a bit as I explained to you that this podcast evolved out of me not being able to travel during COVID restrictions, I think your story is also very similar in terms of what you've been able to achieve. And I'm not going to steal your thunder on that. We're going to talk about during this podcast. Most importantly, for anyone that doesn't know you, who is Anna Barwick? Ah, uh, yeah, I think a fairly complex character. <laughs> um, a lot going on. So, yeah, I'm a pharmacist by trade. I'm also a PhD candidate by distance through the University of Queensland. I lecture in pharmacy, medicine, and nursing at the University of New England in Armidale in New South Wales. I'm a vaccinator, an asthma educator, a diabetes educator. I'm also a mum and a rural woman and a very passionate one at that. So, yeah, I think that's me. That's great. And you and I had a chance to chat earlier on. Some people would know that I spent a bit of time growing up in Tamworth in the New England region and my brother, my father and myself all completed training through the UNE either there on site or remotely. So particularly fond of the New England region for many reasons and a little bit envious of where you live. Very, very fortunate, I think, for you, for you to be there. So the story today is your journey about the idea that you had and the platform you've created. So let's talk about Farm Online. Absolutely. So Farm Online is the first pharmacist-led telehealth service in Australia and very much came about because of COVID. My husband and I are both pharmacists and we actually own a pharmacy in Walker, just near Armadale and Tamworth. So we really noticed when COVID hit and the lockdowns hit that a lot of people were reaching out and asking our advice and wanting to know where to get stock and what to do and how to administer medications. And, and I recognise that there are people that all the time, not just in COVID time, that might be isolated or might not feel comfortable coming into a pharmacy to have a chat about medication or their health and had always been thinking about the idea of, of making pharmacists even more accessible than they already are. And I think the conceptual idea of Pharma Line came about when I had my first baby and I was up early in the early hours of the morning breastfeeding her and she had a rash and I went, right, let's have a look and see what this could be. So obviously a lot of us turned to Dr. Google and in this case, there were a lot of obviously really anxiety inducing answers. And I thought, right, this is going to scare a lot of people who don't have the training that I do. So when COVID hit, I just went, right, this we need to be doing this and definitely helping families, particularly that are rural and remote, but might just be isolated for other reasons. So they might have caring responsibilities or a whole, whole stack of reasons. And so the idea of Farm Online was born and I actually pitched it to a local incubator here in Armadale and they loved it. And it's kind of just evolved over the past two years into its current form, which is predominantly now business to business. So we actually support clients through other organisations and do some business 
direct-to-consumer support as well. So patients can call us or book us for a video consultation when and where it suits them. Talk to me a little bit more about the business-to-business. Who or what classification of business would you be involved with? Is it other pharmacies? So we're already in discussion with a number of pharmacies to potentially offer a complimentary service to extend their availability beyond their bricks-and-mortar opening hours, which is really exciting. So there's some really good progressive pharmacy groups that are have reached out or I've reached out to them and they can see those benefits. We're also working with some large professional organisations as well of kind of targeted support services direct to clients as well. And we're also working in the aged care space, kind of a range of organisations or corporations. And yeah, I think there's just so much more opportunity though too. We could be doing quite a lot of work with private healthcare, doing direct services to large organisations. And so we're just investigating all of that and, and rolling out some services that we can offer as well. What I like about this, for people that have heard a few of my previous podcasts, and I guess my background in pharmacy, which has only been the last 20 odd years, mightn't seem like a long time, but I've certainly had some great mentors during that time. One of the things that I always struggled with the fact was that pharmacy was a healthcare business, mm-hmm. and I'd come actually out of the fast-moving consumer goods business, so I understood retail very, very well. Guess what confused me for 10 to 15 years was that there was always this push to do something with the front of store. Mm-hmm. And I, I go back to the days of when there was a film and photo developing counter in pharmacy for its convenience, and it, and it gave a great return, but it wasn't health-related mm-hmm. in reality. Although I suppose fam- looking at family pictures could be considered a little bit health-related, but that's a long bow to draw. And when we look at even the last five years and even the last two years with COVID, there's been this bu- big push to get your pharmacy business wherever you're located to have an online presence, but it's always been retail-focused. Now, it, to a point, with the help of the Guild and the PS and a few other organisations. We got the online booking service, which was health-related. But I guess what I'm getting to here is that, to the best of my knowledge, you're the first person that has actually taken the dispensary online that's not a commercial venture. Now, at the end of the day, yes, every business has got to pay its way, but ultimately, I think I've said the right thing there, is that this is actually about taking, as you've said, your dispensary from bricks and mortar to online, not just trying to sell cheap front-of-shop product online. That's that's where this is going. Exactly. I think it's a real flip on the model that pharmacy currently is is going with, and, and I think it's all, I've always recognised that, even as an undergraduate pharmacy student, I was like, why, why are we charging for our knowledge and the service? Why are we only charging for the product and just doing it as an add-on? And and I've always felt that has been probably the wrong focus. I think a number of other health professions, it's no one questions when they are charging for their advice and the knowledge that they impart. And I think that to me is our value as pharmacists. You can get robots to dispense medication. The value is actually us having that input and, and individualizing our advice to each person. So I think I'm really excited by that and don't think it's probably a new concept, but a new way of actually applying it and and getting people to value pharmacist knowledge and the education that we can impart. If we go back more than two years, certainly got the advantage of having been born and raised initially in Sydney, but then spending quite a lot of my younger years growing up in regional New South Wales and to a point regional Victoria. So I've got this nice mix of both city life and also rural life. So if we take the COVID era out of this, the remote regional locations for pharmacist access would have a lot of benefit, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's right. But I, I think we can also, what we do is, is complement that as well by kind of extending that service beyond any kind of limitations or people needing to travel to get advice. And as a rural woman, that's not uncommon. I had to travel to have my babies. Like it's not, mm-hmm. yeah, it's something that probably a lot of city people don't need to consider. But for rural people, they often have to plan these things and consider where they want to get their health services from. And I think, again, by offering it in a different way, it's just opening this up and making it even more accessible. I'd be stating the obvious here that over the last five years and possibly a little bit longer, there's been some robust conversations between the AMA and pharmacy as to where one starts and where one finishes. But at the end of the day, if I take the patient point of view, I'm looking for some information. And I'm not sure about what life's like in Walker at the moment, but my doctor here locally, and I'm just outside of Melbourne, I'm only 50 kilometres outside of Melbourne, so I'm probably on the outer fringes. And my doctor of you know, 20 years, probably 25 years, has decided to shut up mm-hmm. shop and not replace himself. Now, there's other medical centres opened up in the area, but do you think I can actually get in there as a new patient at the moment? So again, I've got some great colleagues and friends who are pharmacists, and uh, at the end of the day, if there's a question that I want to ask, well, my pharmacist is actually about 40 kilometres away from where I live, versus on a regular basis. So I guess I've made the transition to the virtual pharmacy within the regulations is the word I'm looking I'm expecting, I guess, the current environment is really conducive to this model of yours actually taking off pretty big. Absolutely. And and what I'm hearing anecdotally too is, is you know, yes, we're seeing GPs retire or perhaps not having the workforce replacement that we need, particularly in rural and regional areas. And it's interesting, I was actually contacted by a lady recently who up in northern Queensland has had their local pharmacist retire. And so they don't have that continuity of care. They're seeing a lot of locums roll through. And a lot of the locals have been used to having the same pharmacist, having that continuity, having that relationship and that communication. And now now that's gone. And obviously we offer that. We offer that opportunity to have some continuity and, and reaching experienced pharmacists, but also privacy as well. So if you're having a condition that, or you have a condition that you're dealing with that you don't want everyone to know about, again, I think that's an advantage we offer from the usual pharmacy services that are available. Obviously we can't do everything. Things like vaccination, any of those kind of hands-on things is, is hard, but even just chatting to someone about the options for vaccination, obviously the, the impact of COVID has been big and people want to know which COVID vaccine they should use. And and even prior to that, what medication should I use for my newly diagnosed anxiety or whatever it is, just allowing that time and space to have that conversation is important. And I think also what happens in particularly rural areas, like you say, you can't get into anyone. And even when you do, it might be two hours waiting before you even get in to see, might have your your appointment time booked, but then you waited there for two hours because there's been a hold up because they've been having to go to the hospital to deal with an emergency and pop back, but then you often don't have a lot of space held for you just to have a conversation openly about your choices and your options. I think often what is done is a diagnosis is made and you're told what you're going to take, whereas I think a lot of people now want to have that time to discuss what is the best option for me individually, so what should I get rather than just being kind of dictated to, which, yeah, we offer that, you know, having that time and space held to be able to have that conversation and make people feel empowered when they do go back and see their face-to-face health professionals to say, I've had this conversation, I've been told about this, what do you think? So they're almost getting a second opinion, but it's allowing them to feel more confident about the options they have as well. 
well. On that note, there's, there's two areas I'd like to kind of chat about now. One is the mechanics of how does it work from the mm-hmm. patient's point of view, but secondly, if a pharmacy listening to this today wants some more information, how do they get in contact with you? So let's take the yep. first one. I'm a reasonably intuitive person. I guess it comes with age and experience these days. So I jumped onto the website and I could see the, the mechanics from my perspective. But let's just talk about a pharmacist listening today might have a patient or a client or a customer or a family friend that this might be just the right mm-hmm. thing for them. So that person goes to reach out to you. What's the best way to kind of touch base? Yeah, absolutely. So people can go to farm online. So that's p-h-a-r-m-online.com.au. It gives them some more information. We do have some health information that's available there as well. But people can either make a video consultation booking. So there's just a, a button that people can click through and they just put a few details in, like their contact number and name and they're kind of wanting to have a consultation about. It just gives us a bit of understanding and allows us to collect some data on who is accessing it and why. We've also now just introduced a 1300 number as well. So people can call us and just directly reach us via dial in 1300-FARMY, so P-H-A-R-M-Y. It means, again, they can just get us immediately. So with the booking system, with the video booking system, you can book about 15 minutes in advance because they are 15-minute slots. But with a phone call, obviously, you can just call and immediately chat to a pharmacist. So no matter which way you come in, either way, you'll have a consult with the pharmacist. So you'll have, have time and space held for you to have a discussion, talk about the options, have some maybe some diagnosis and triage that occurs within that consultation. And then in both cases, patients will actually get or clients will get a written summary of the interaction with our recommendations. So that may be product-based or it could be things that someone can do at home. So it might be some lifestyle changes or might be looking at other evidence-based recommendations, teaspoon of honey for a cough for a child over 12 months or something like that. And then it means that the patient can also take that to their local face-to-face health professionals as well to say, this is what's been recommended. We don't necessarily need to go through the whole consult again, but it also allows the health professional just to check and go, yep, I agree with that. Or or actually, no, there's been a change now and that's no longer appropriate. So the patient does get that. And they're also then sent out an invoice to pay for the fee for service offering. So yeah, yeah, in both of those cases, we hope that we solve the issue or at least provide some recommendations on what to do for the person that's accessing our service. And as I said, they do walk away with what we call the script even though legally it's not not what people know as a script, but it is a recommendation and and patients can take that where they like or they can order products online or go back to their local pharmacy if they need a steroid cream or an antifungal cream, whatever it is, they can actually access that with the recommendations that are written by our pharmacists. On that basis, and talking about the mechanics again, um, I'm going to work with, there's there's more people involved in this than just Mm -hmm. Anna, so like people aren't trying to ring in on the 1300 number now and can't get you, so how wide is your network? We have pharmacists around the country, which is really exciting. So I've um, had some really initial buy-in from some colleagues just by explaining a little bit about what I did and and people finding me or saying, oh, I've always thought about doing something like this, but haven't ever known how to go about it. So a lot of the contract pharmacists that I have involved in Farm Online at the moment are people that often have very specific specialties. So we have a neurodiverse specialist pharmacist, who I think you know. We also have an oncologist pharmacist. Mm -hmm. We've got diabetes educator pharmacists and also ones that have particular specialties in wound care or destructive sleep apnea. They've all kind of got something really specific that they kind of bring to the table. And that's really exciting. So it does mean that they can actually pick up one of those consultations wherever they are at home. So they can either grab it on their own personal phone through the 1300 app that we use, or they'll get an email notification that someone's booked in for a video consult and then they can jump on. So we have a roster-based system for that. And 
initially, this was all voluntary. So the pharmacists were actually doing this as a, as a voluntary role, which was really exciting for me. But also I knew that I wanted to get to a point where they were actually being remunerated for their knowledge and they needed to be. So we're now at a point where the pharmacists that do conduct these consults then invoice Farm Online or a, and are paid a percentage of each consult so they are rewarded and it's at a higher level than they can get in a community or a hospital pharmacy-based job. So, yeah, quite exciting to be able to offer something as, a, as an alternative a career path, I think, for pharmacists in the future as well. One of the reasons that I love doing this podcast and, and talking with pharmacists and around the technology side of things is that pharmacists are also wired for oh, technology very much as well. So. I still often ask the question, is there's so many technology platforms out there. Is it here? How do you discern the right one for you? But this one, to me, a lot of them make sense, but this one really makes sense to me. So I guess like anything, as the knowledge and the experience grows and your network and presentations grows, I think this will only get bigger on many, many counts, uh, irrespective of what's happened in the last two years with COVID. Annie, you mentioned that you're doing work with businesses uh, including aged care facilities. Now, I'm going to make the assumption that this doesn't replace an MMR service as Correct. such. Correct. Although um, we can... This is actually a pharmacist. Yeah, well, in, we potentially yeah. can do that. So obviously with some of the business rules around RMMRs and HMRs have actually allowed for telehealth or, te- or tele-HMRs to occur, which has been really great. But that's right, we're not, we're, we're not okay. replacing that. Obviously, there are some advantages, particularly for being in an aged care facility, to be on the ground and actually check, you know, storage and administration techniques and all those kinds of things, which still can happen, obviously, via this technology, which is exciting, but it's definitely not the intention. So most of what we're doing with aged care facilities is actually advice for staff. So it'll be around administration technique, if things are crushable, those kind of things that they may need instant advice about from a medication expert. So that's really exciting. But we're also doing some work around home medication reviews for an aged care service. So it's for patients that are still at home, but are starting to need some additional care and so they actually have a specific package that allows us to beam in and and do a medication review with them when they enrol in this program and the idea is they're trying to automate as much as possible to make it as easy on the patient as possible and keep them at home for longer because we do know that generally outcomes are better where patients can stay at home and and they're managed well. So our role in that organisation is almost to do a bit of a baseline HMR and provide that to their GP or they're treating doctor and then nursing staff and they have like a personal health partner that then goes in and identifies what they need. But it's a really good starting point to get an overview of what the patient is using at home and how they're using it and for us to make recommendations about optimising the current therapy as well. Great example. I can attest to the um, stay at home. My father's just turned 91. I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning that. And very good pharmacy nearby that uh, he and mum used to visit all the time. And and dad's now still mobile, but possibly not as much. And he has the dosette packs delivered every week by the the pharmacy nearby. probably raises the question is that he sees his doctor on a regular basis, but I'm not sure that he's seen his pharmacist for some time. Not saying that the pharmacist doesn't still know what's going on, but just this dad's really become a stay-at-home patient. And I'm involved in another business here in Melbourne that deals with this a lot as well. And the general feedback I'm getting is that if the last two years has focused anything, not so much as a bit of a scare campaign by rule, but by nature, is that people don't want to go into aged care facilities anymore. It's almost like the longer I can stay at home, the better, the, the more you can make me comfortable in my own home. And even though there's gov- government subsidy and support for this, the business that I'm involved here in Melbourne, helping people stay in their own 
homes is a commercial venture, they're prepared to pay for it because they are really scared about having to end up in an aged care facility. So I think if I take my dad as a scenario, he gets the regular visitation <clears throat> from the pharmacy team member, but the reality is that his pharmacist could actually do a telehealth consult with him. Absolutely. If, if yeah, totally agree. So. And that's right, exactly. I mean, for that continuity of care and having that understanding of how someone's managing their medication or not, or identifying maybe some of the side effects and polypharmacy that might be occurring, I think it's, yeah, a brilliant opportunity. And, and sometimes, as I said, you know, it might not be possible, particularly if the pharmacist doesn't have the the trainings, the consultancy level of training that they need to do that. And obviously that's where we can be a good alternative. And that's what I hear a lot from our current clientele is that they're often people that are caring for both older and younger generations. And so they often get quite worried about elderly parents and how they're managing. And often, yeah, just having a a pharmacist to go in and say, we've done a a medication review, everything's looking okay, but here are some things and tips that might help that you can then pass on or, or reiterate with your family member as well, which I think is really nice for, again, just allowing everyone to feel connected and communicated with and and feel like they they can understand what's happening because often it's just that anxiety of not feeling in control or understanding what's actually happening particularly to a to an older family member in the show notes as always i'll attach some references to yourself your business your website i also found some really good articles and i really like the one attached to une that i read this morning so i'll make sure i have a reference to that as well but a pharmacist or a pharmacy business owner listening to this podcast today is had their interest peaked how do they contact you or how do they what's the next step for someone that might be interested in, in talking a bit more about this for themselves absolutely so yeah very open to that as I said we, we, we do have a service that's already running that we can just very much integrate into either a group or an individual pharmacy that does want to offer this service so people can reach me at Anna at farmonline.com.au. You can ring the 1300 number as well, but just be prepared that we're ready for consults. So we'll, we'll be coming in that way. And yeah, obviously reaching out via the website as well. So we have a newsletter that people can stay in contact with, but we also do have a corporate page or a business page where people can read more about some of the services we offer and, and what is involved in a package with us. But obviously we can individualize that based on need and requirement. And what we have seen is that, yeah, I would say probably about 90% of the time in our consults, we actually are recommending products that people do get in the pharmacy. So it does mean extra revenue generation, particularly uh, for community pharmacy, that we're sending people back to their local health services, hopefully reconnecting them. As I said, we're not trying to replace them at all. It's just trying to add and and add a a complementary service. And yeah, if we can get people re-engaged with their local health professionals, obviously that generally leads to a better outcome anyway, but we can just hopefully make that transition nice and easy. Anna, you mentioned a couple of times about training so obviously someone coming into this program in either capacities, there's a level of training required. So to come into Farm there? Online, you mean? Yeah, so we do have an yes. expectation that someone comes in with, as I said, some type of specialty or some kind of niche area. So sometimes that does require some additional training. So I would say the vast majority of our pharmacists are HMR accredited. So they have their AACP or mm-hmm. SHPA training and, and equivalent that they actually have. Our pharmacists also have to have police check done and working with children check done because we sometimes can get a whole range of ages that we talk to. So that's something that, that is needed. And as yes. I said, any additional training is, is very much welcome. A number of our specialist pharmacists are now actually looking at opening, opening up online clinics in their area of expertise, which is really exciting. And it's one that I'm doing as well. So as a diabetes educator, I'm particularly interested and have noticed a gap around gestational diabetes support, so diabetes in pregnancy. So I'm actually now currently working on a service that we'll launch in the near future uh, to help women 
women understand or anyone with a uterus understand more about what happens in with that condition and how to prevent the uh, potential health outcomes or health issues that can come afterwards if it's not well controlled. And obviously we've got this kind of oncology focused and neurodiversity focused so there are clinics that are being built at the moment as well. Again just to break down those access issues, making things convenient and private and actually linking people together that are dealing with the same health condition in a way that's not confrontational and you don't have to leave home, you don't have to get out of your, your pyjamas, you can be um, you know, chatting to other people that are, that are going through the same journey or a similar journey to you in the comfort of home which is really exciting. Pretty sure I, I had a video conference this morning with another business that I'm involved with and I'm pretty sure the person I was yeah. talking to was in a onesie. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure but it looked like a onesie. Love it. Okay. So, yeah, it so who cares kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah absolutely as long as you're comfortable. And we're coming to the end of our time that's been a really good chat and as with several of the podcasts I've done recently you've certainly piqued my interest on many many levels so I'd love to stay in contact and maybe even have another chat in, in six or 12 months time. Was there anything else on your points or notes that we haven't covered off at this um, stage? Maybe the only thing I thought is we could maybe have a bit of chat about this after-hours service that we're just about to launch down in Tasmania, actually, if you wanted to have a chat about yep. that. and So this, this is the next It evolution. is, that's right. So, so, yeah, having an after-hours service that complements the GP services down in that primary health work network is, is what we're currently focused on. So very soon to launch it down in Tasmania. And, in fact, by the time this goes live, we will be live um, down in Tassie. And the, the idea yes. is there is to very much yeah. help underserviced areas, so general public mm-hmm. More generally, we're also looking at helping aged care facility staff and also palliative care carers is a particular focus of this service. And it's one that I'll be doing data collection on and reporting on. So our our hope is that the evidence Mm -hmm. will demonstrate level of impact and preventing unnecessary GP or ED presentations. So that's one of the outcomes that is intended. So we're hoping that by the time we get through that, so it's going to be an eight-month program, that we'll have some evidence that shows the impact of pharmacist advice online. So it's a virtual pharmacy service. Yeah, we're very much hoping that that will have the impact we need that can then roll out across other primary health networks across Australia and we can do some data collection there and be able to compare and contrast the differences in different areas across Australia. Just to, again, as I said, offer complementary service to what already exists or to fill gaps where the level of healthcare is not where it should be. So where you've got retired GPs or pharmacies that are closing or are not open for long hours. So yeah, we're very very hopeful that it will yeah. be what we expect it to be, but obviously the data will tell us what that is and we'll be able to utilise that going forward yes. as well. So it'd be great to chat again in six months. We'll have some data already that we'll have analysed yeah. and be able to chat to you about then as well. And thank you very much for your time today. I really do appreciate you coming on board and having this chat with us. I'm sure there'll be many, many listeners to this that will get a level of peaked interest and it's been the case with a few other podcasts. You may be surprised where a phone call or an email comes from. Certainly people have come back to me later on and said, look, thanks very much for the podcast. We just got contact by kind of thing, someone that listened to the podcast. So uh, I think this has got some big legs for all the right reasons and uh, really commend you and for kicking it off in your time and place. So thank you again for your time. It's been great to chat and uh, I look forward to chatting thank again. Thank you, Scott. In, uh, it's been a pleasure so. to be involved. Thank you for listening today. Pharmacy View is a technology-focused podcast provided by Melbourne-based business Arian Technologies and Shopfront Solutions. Over the podcast series, our guests include pharmacists, retail managers, wholesalers, suppliers, and industry technology partners. If you would like further information on our podcast series or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website, pharmacyview.com.au. 